You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, that's a hell of a way to start things off in the playoffs for the Flyers. 2-1 victory over the Montreal Canadiens. We break it down here on Orange and Backcheck. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. Oh, man. I don't know how else to describe it other than, my goodness, this is going to be a hell of a series. I'm Bill. He's Scott. Flyers win 2-1 to one to kick things off in the quarterfinals of the Eastern Conference. Up 1-0 in the series. Let's talk about this. Scott, initial reaction. Where are you? Game two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that one. Yep. I'm not bringing it up again. It's done. It's over with. We're moving on to game two. Up one nothing in the series for the first time, I think, since 2012. Yeah, I like I, I it there's nothing more to say other than Carter Hart finally got his real playoff uh victory for the first time in his career. I thought the the bottom six continued to roll as they had been in in the in the round robin. Claude Giroux started to find his footing. He still needs to f- get something and Joel Farabee continues to shine. Uh and he's and th- th- yeah, Joel Farabee really just continues to shine. He had two points. He contributed to both goals with an assist and a goal, and especially after to respond as quickly as they did after the Shea Weber power play goal. I, I like it's a not a it's not a great win. It's a solid win that gets you one of sixteen that you need. Well, no, it a win is a win in the playoffs. Yep, and it doesn't. And these are going to be most of the playoff games. Look. We retreated to something special with the Flyers pretty much dominating all three of the round-robin games. You're not going to get that now. Montreal, I, I you knew I've been we've been saying for a week now, they're not an easy team to play against. They're dangerous. They have ways to attack you. I think we saw all the faces of Montreal game, Montreal's game tonight. I mean, they out-hit the Flyers 32-27, which is surprising for a team like Montreal because they're not really as physical as you think. They're more of a speed-based team. But what really helped the Flyers win tonight was two things. Face-offs, they won 54% of the face-offs tonight, and number 79, and number one in our hearts now in Philadelphia. Yeah. Carter, Holt st- Carter Hart stole that game. He, he, he did. That was a game midway through the second period. The Flyers didn't deserve to win, and with any different goaltending, they wouldn't have. Yeah, you're complete. You're 100 percent right. I mean, he continues to shine. He has. Uh, he's going to have a little bit, I guess, more than a 1.0 goalie because he was technically off the ice for a couple seconds there when the Flyers were going on the power play. Um, this kid has established himself, and I think tonight for a lot of fans that 
were watching the Flyers, maybe not for the first time, but for like the the fourth time if they've been only watching since the round robin or a little bit earlier. Um, this was his quote-unquote coming out party, I would think. And to do it in front of his idol and Carey Price. And if you notice, and if, I'm sure you'll go, you'll go back to this game just like I will, Scott. You saw how much Carter Hart replicates his game after Carey Price. And I think Jim Jackson even pointed out, or Bill Clement, one of the two, on the NBC Sports Philly broadcast brought, brought to our attention too. They are so similar in technical and how they play. It is a good thing that Carter Hart's 22, he's 22 tomorrow, the day that th- this podcast is coming out. Like, he's 22 and he's already playing almost to the T what Carey Price does. This is going to be a lot of fun for Flyers fans for the next 10 plus years. And there's one reason why they're so similar. What's the reason, Bill? I'll ask you. I would you say go they're back to our chalk talk. Yeah, I would What's say the one reason? I would say they're both some of the most pristine and technical skaters in the NHL. Bingo. Carter Hart bailed the Flyers out quite a few times because of his pushes. There was about one in the third where it kind of just fluttered over to the side of the net and he had to do a hard push very in a very very tight space and still was square. That is such an extremely hard maneuver to make. And the kid was making him and stayed calm the whole time. The goal he got scored on tonight was he had no chance on it. It was kind of similar like last game with Tyler Johnson. It wasn't a weak goal. Hey, look, he kicked out a rebound. It was sitting there, and Shea Weber jumped in on his own rebound and put it home. Yep. Other than that, you weren't beating Carter Hart tonight. Nick Suzuki kind of beat him at the end but hit the crossbar. But even so, I think it was Pro Roth stick that helped that because it might have been going in. It was a – all, it was right off the circle, a great shot, threw some traffic. Uh, but, look, Carter Hart showed, I think, on a national stage tonight, you're right, it's his coming out party. He, he showed that he can compete with probably the best technical goaltender in the world across from him. So, listen, come playoff time, you need your goaltender to be your best player. Carter Hart was by far the best flyer on the ice tonight, and it's not even close. And you talked about how he stole tonight's game, and he did. And the the initial thing that you heard from, not just in Philly, but that I was reading across the NHL uh, spectrum, um, they kind of just anticipated the Flyers are the better team, um, but you'll you, you, there's more than likely of a chance that you're going to see that game a game or two stolen by. Carter Hart, or excuse me, by Carey Price, and that's still definitely a possibility, but I don't think you expected, I think most, I would guess, Flyers fans and fans in general, or fans of the sport uh, anticipated mostly tonight was a dominant team by one of the two sides. If they were to guess, I would say I would have, I would say fly, probably the Flyers were the favorite in that. I don't think they anticipated Carter Hart to steal a game this early on. I didn't think it would be this good of a goalie duel that early. Yes, I mean, yes. Carey Price played well. I, I mean, that save he had on Scott Lawton was ridiculous in the second period. Uh, yet again, though, Scott Lawton, he, he probably knows that now. He needs to risk that. He had a wide open that he had all day. You had a moment to move back there. When you just kind of blast it, sometimes it just hits a stick and hits something. If he had taken his moment and, and kind of pinpointed that, he would have had a goal there. Carey Price probably made the save of the year on that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. literally, it hit. His stick was flat. Now, normally, when a goalie comes across like that, you turn your paddle out to cover a little more net. He just put a stick out there, and it hit the hit the blade of his stick. I mean, the thinnest angle, the thinnest part that it could hit, and it hit it. And uh, so uh, that was amazing. But 
you know, I think this is why the series is going to go longer than people expected. Look, the Flyers, they played well coming into this game. Tonight, if I'm going to give them a letter grade, I'd give them probably a B minus, maybe a C, because that second period, they got away from the, their own game instead of playing as physical as they did in the first period. The second period, they tried to chase the game. They tried to keep the speed up with Montreal. You're not going to beat Montreal with speed. You have to neutralize theirs and counterattack the other way. So um, I, 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 I think there's going to be some lessons learned by the Flyers in this one. Um, some probably some a little bit of a lineup change, and I, I think that this series is still going to go probably six games at least. Yeah, I, I I mean in our in the bracket challenge that uh, that I did, I had the Flyers here in five, and that was probably being a little bit of homerism. And what I also saw, and Claude Giroux touched on this a little bit um, in his press conferences leading up to tonight. Uh, he he hinted about how. He didn't say how it's it wasn't intense, but it was certainly less intense compared to what Montreal and Pittsburgh uh, went through compared to the round robin. Um, and you saw that, I think, especially in the second period. The Flyers came out completely flat. It felt like they said to themselves, okay, we have the one nothing lead, um, and we can kind of coast to our next goal and the goal after that and the goal after that. Because so, I thought that, I think they had that mindset in the round robin for sure. And then as soon as they came into the second period, they were not ready for Montreal's intensity. They're in the playoffs now. And they're not in a round robin playing for seeding, having being a under, not having to, to worry about being eliminated. Now they're now they're in a mode. They have to get in this mindset of we could be eliminated in four games if we're not careful here. No matter what we're doing, and I think that was a wake up call in the second period because they really got it together. I would say late in the second, and especially in the third. Yeah, and here's the thing about Montreal as well. It, they only need one win here to take home ice advantage. Granted, they're in Toronto, but they will get last change for their most part of the series if they happen to take one when the Flyers are the home, designated home team. Last change is crucial in the playoffs because you put your lineup matchups out there. So if, like for instance, Claude Julien feels like his top line would be better suited against the Flyers' fourth line, he's going to throw him out there. Um, so um, overall, I, I think that with... Montreal already playing for their season, they're, you're right, they're into it. I think the first period overall for both teams in a game one is a feeling out method. You start to see the play more dictate towards the second and the third period. Montreal's not going to go away easy. They're, they're going to fight back harder. It's going Game two is going to be real tough for them because the, their backs are kind of against the wall a little bit here. Um, going against Pittsburgh, you've already had that experience. It's going to take the Flyers a couple games really to get into that. I think you saw in the third, they kind of got into lockdown mode, started playing a lot more responsible. Um, but Montreal is going to come out here at the beginning of game two, and they're going to push like they did in the second period of this game. The Flyers need to be prepared for it. Yeah, and I, I, you touched on it early, uh, a moment ago about the line changes. We saw some pretty hefty, I would say, line changes in this one. Uh, you saw JVR on the fourth line, Jacob Voracek on the third line for a little bit there, especially in the first period, and then it kind of was shaken up. AV saw he needed to shake some things up here. The one guy I think is a guaranteed scratch for next game, for game two on Friday afternoon, 
Ghost is getting the bench. I Without thought he had. I thought he had a really rough game. You pointed it out on our Twitter account. He did. He. You saw his real weakness against a team that has, for a guy that's as fast as Ghost to really struggle against a team like Montreal and who didn't really struggle against Tampa Bay, who's all, who's just as fast, if not faster than than Montreal. But again, it goes back to that mindset of a round robin compared to a playoff series. Um, I think Ghost is 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 he was playing for his career, not I don't want to say career, but like he was playing for his job tonight, and he certainly he had some decent chances in the offensive zone, but man, he was outskated. It seemed left and right when they were in the, uh, when he was on the defense. He was, and like we talked about last week, Ghost is a guy you insert in the lineup when you're trying to push the pace against another team like Tampa, where you need more offense and you need to push them and keep the puck more in the offensive zone. Montreal has an advantage of the way Carey Price plays the puck. I, I had, I had until I really got a chance to when I was watching the game that I, I dawned on me like I forgot how good he was at this because you know we only see Carey Price a couple times a year, if that. Um, I forgot how good he was at actually playing the puck. He neutralizes the forecheck, so the Flyers they can't rely. They have to. They can't rely on the dump. They have to rely in more of trying to penetrate the offensive zone and trying to cycle the puck instead of being able to dump and forecheck because Carey Price can neutralize that. Ghost, that's not his style. Sorry, I had to cough there. No, um, thought I lost you. No, 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 I had, I had to cough there. I didn't want to cough in the, in, in the whole mic and have everybody <laughs> hear that because that would be silly. Um, but uh, with Ghost, Ghost is a guy where if you're going to dump it down low and it works for you, like Vasilevsky doesn't come out and play the puck very much or very well at all as Carey Price does, so you can work down low and get it back to the point. That's actually Montreal's strategy. We saw it a little bit play out here um, somewhat where they tried to get pucks deep, and then what they do is that they feed it back to the point so like guys like Ben Sherratt, uh, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, uh, they can put the puck on that that way and create chances down low. Um the Flyers have a similar game plan when their forecheck is working, but it's not going to click. They're really going to have to get scrappy goals like they did tonight, but they're going to have to cash in on the power play, which they finally got one. Uh, but the other one, like Joel Farabee, it's going to have to be plays like that. That's how you're going to beat Carey Price. You're not going to beat him on the first shot. You're going to have to create a lot of havoc. We saw a lot of that in the first period when Derek Grant went flying into him. Granted, he was pushed into Carey Price, but you saw Price start to get a little rattled there. But I think that with them going to the intermission not long after that, Montreal had a chance to reset, and you really saw that in the second period. Yeah, actually, I thought, uh, just trying to find the wording that I'm looking for here. Like, I, you really saw how, I think the biggest problem that these the Montreal faced was how deep this team goes. If, if stacked up paper to paper, Flyers are too deep not to lose this series, but when you have guys like Carey Price that are just all the, one of the best goalies in the in 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 the league, and even when he's rattled, he's still able to keep his composure to a degree. It's only after he lets up that second, third, and fourth goals that he uh, like naturally, depending on how things are playing out. But man. I, I, the depth of this team should carry could should carry the Flyers here. It should, it should. But you saw what happened. No matter how deep you are, the Flyers need to play at top of their game. You know, we can go back and talk about it again. 
The first period, the Flyers dominated. I, I thought that they, Montreal had a couple of uh, chances of sustained pressure, uh, but didn't really get too much out of it. The Flyers really dominated the first period and really pushed the pace. They really I don't think Montreal was anticipating how much speed the Flyers were going to come out with. I think they reset for the second period when the Flyers tried to match the speed with the Canadians and tried to play the same style. Montreal had made the adjustments where Montreal just dominated that game. I mean, the second period couldn't end fast enough. I'm I'm surprised that only one goal went in and only the power play. I mean, it was not just from Carter Hart saving their ass, but it was because the team just looked sloppy overall. Come the third period, they switched to more of a 1-2-2, which really that they had one guy pressure the puck carry on the other end, and they really boxed up the neutral zone, so Montreal really couldn't get through with speed. So that helped them out a lot. So a lot of those game plan adjustments are going to wind up happening. Um, that's where the Flyers' depth does come in, not just by the players, but on the bench as well, uh, with having uh, Michel Therrien and, and Mike Yo along with Vigneault. Um, they have enough experience to kind of see, okay, we know what's going to happen. I mean, Michel Therrien coach some of these guys before so it's not yeah. like he doesn't know how to match up against them so but by boxing out the neutral zone like that that really played in the Flyers favor Montreal had gotten some in close chances late but nothing too dangerous uh, Carter Hart really was on top of his game and um, that that's really what was the deciding factor in it I just come game two I think that Montreal is going to come out again with a lot more speed but the Flyers are going to have to figure out a way to get Pucks pass carry price five on five. I mean, Montreal only scored a goal on the power play. The Flyers had a five on five goal, but one's not going to do it. So yep. um, I think that the offense is going to have to figure out a way to make sure that they're they're playing their way and cashing in on their chances. They had a couple golden opportunities tonight. Scott Lawton had an open net. Nate Thompson had an open net. Uh, they they were getting their chances, but they they need to cash in on them. Yeah, they certainly had their chances, and I feel like what you're alluding to here and i think i'm, I'm shocked you didn't ah, say it that word alluding it, you just it, love that word alluding it didn't seem like you uh this team established any flow outside the first period maybe a little bit in the in the, in the third but i thought montreal despite losing this game controlled the flow of the game for a majority of it yeah they did actually you they pretty much controlled the entire 20 minutes of the second period so yeah, yeah. Um, it was a little more evened up in the third because the flyers i wouldn't say, it's not like they clamped down and just tried to um to get out of it they just they knew what they had to do they had to adjust their style of play where more or less that they had to beat guys off the rush when you're playing a one two two you're not sending guys multiple guys in deep unless the puck is deep so you're not really you're trying to get kind of suck a suck Montreal in, collapse around the net to make sure no chances get through, and then you're off to the races the other way. Um, the, the the game was much more even in the third period. Uh, it and that, that was a good thing to see because that with the Flyers depth that does play into their favor. Um, but yet again, I mean it, it only takes one shot to make a difference. Luckily that didn't happen tonight. But uh, look at the end of the day, we can we can continue breaking this down and we can continue looking at things. The coaches are going to make adjustments on both sides. It's going to be a different scenario in game two. 
I think the keys for game two are that they're going to have to try to get more chances five on five and get them past carry price. I mean, obviously, the, the object of the game is to score goals. Um, but if they don't get more sustained pressure and find a way to do that, uh, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. You don't want to turn this into a Pittsburgh situation where, you know, they let Montreal hang around too long and they lost the series. Yeah. Um, I don't think the Flyers let them hang around per se. I think that Montreal actually pushed the pace more. Um, but look... These are the types of games, if you want to win the Stanley Cup, that you've got to win. And this isn't the only one they're going to see. So, you, people, your heart's going to be pounding out of your chest here for the next little while here. But um, with the depth, I still feel confident that the Flyers are going to win this thing. Yeah, if, if you told me that the Flyers were facing this team or th- this game scenario three even a year ago, I think they lose it nine out of ten times. Now I think it's more often than not that they win it like they did tonight. This isn't. Uh, this is a new team in terms of handling this kind of pressure, and that's exactly what we saw. And they they buckled down, at, especially at that... Uh, I mean, it'd be nice if they actually were able to score on in the empty net. I mean, I, I, I think it was Shea Weber. My, I can't... Someone made yeah. a nice block on... Weber did. Yeah, yeah. of He's course it was everywhere. Weber. He everywhere. He is a force. I mean, you're, you're going to see tomorrow... I, I I watched a little more of Shea Weber because the, the Shea Weber effect is going to take effect later on the series. You saw what happened on the power play tonight. His clapper, it popped out a rebound, and he was right there. He actually, against Germany in 2010 in the Olympics, he put a shot through the net. It I remember that. through the net. Yeah. I was like, I, 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 I didn't remember that. I, I, that was so long ago. I watched, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. He actually, earlier this year against Los Angeles, had almost the same exact goal as he did tonight, where he took a shot against uh, Jonathan Quick. The rebound popped out of him, and he just whacked at it again, and it beat Jonathan Quick the second time. Like, it was, you know, he he is he is a force, and I think that the Flyers did a really good job of neutralizing him. He only really had, like, two or three shots on goal. Um, I believe he didn't have much. Um, uh, he had overall, he had three shots on goal, so... Yeah, I mean, one of them was a goal, but you, you kept him. You kept him a pace, and you know, while Montreal has some talent up front, I think you saw. You know, Nick Suzuki can be something. To, you know, Max Domi, if he figures it all and puts it all together, he can be dangerous. Nick Suzuki was pretty good. Um, he it's funny. Dale Weiss is on that team. I heard him say Dale Weiss, and I'm like, man, I haven't he almost seen scored him too. Yeah, it, but he, he and he can. He can. He's had an overtime winner in the playoffs before. I think he's got two. Yeah, um, overtime winners in the playoffs. So he he's done it before. But overall, uh, you know, they had they had some they had some really good scoring chances. At one point, they were um, outchancing the Flyers. Um, I believe they might have for the entire game. The Flyers had ended up with thirty one shots to the Canadians twenty eight. Uh, but scoring chances, though, I thought that as the game went along. The Canadians wound up getting more scoring chances than the Flyers did, which is important. Um, but yet, if you let that happen, you're playing with fire. But again, we're going to came the third period. I was really about like halfway through. I'm like, okay, they got this. Like, I I, I felt that confidence I hadn't felt in a playoff in a long time. I'm like, okay, like they're gonna they're gonna settle this thing down, and they're gonna finish it out. Just because you know why the team's done it all season. I have no expectation to believe that they will just fall apart any time here. It's going to be tough some parts of this to watch, but I just something's different about this team where they're just they're just not going to 
they're not going to allow teams to get back into it. No, it's a, it's it's the coaching that that that's where AV comes in. He Agreed. has this team completely on it. It's th- there's a reason that Cla- uh, I almost said Claude Julian. <laughs> there's a uh, listen. I have to be up at the t- in four hours for work. I might as well just stay up. So cut oh me some slack. God. Anyway, uh, there's a reason that Elaine Vigneault has a historical record of his first year as a head coach at these teams. He gets them ready to play, and suddenly they understand in this they're in the Stanley Cup final like that that's where good coaching comes in so I mean to, to see that this team was ready to hunker down and get ready to and just handle what Montreal was throwing at them that all goes to the coaching of AV and Mike Yo and everyone else agreed agreed and the only thing they've got to do though is they've got to pick up on the power play yes they went they scored one tonight they're there but they're they're one for one for I believe 15, 14 yeah, 14 one for 14 on the power yeah. play during this whole thing I mean look Without a consistent power play, you're you're not going to go deep. It, I think it's only happened once. And the Boston, top line continues to struggle. I, I don't think there's so much. I, okay, I wouldn't say the word struggling. Mm-hmm. They just they need a break. They need a break. I, I think the team yeah, it's, honed in on that. And, yeah, and you know, like guy like a guy like Giroux, like while he had a pretty decent game tonight, it's going to break through eventually. I kind of like the fact that Jake is in the third line, and I even said tonight Jake played a good game. Jake was a four, not a force. But Jake was working very hard tonight. There was a play in the third period where he just he was along the um, behind the net, along the wall, just battling with a guy, and the puck came loose, and he and he just kept battling, kept battling, kept battling. He was the main reason that the Flyers scored that first goal on the power play because yep. he got in Carey Price's space. Price shoved him off. So for even just a moment there, you're not focused on the play. You're not focused on the puck. You're you're focused and you're rattled a little bit. And I think that's why that beat Price. Granted, it was a screen in front, but Price was a little out of position. Price didn't play a blocking's position. He just kind of tried to wave at it and cover a net, and it, it found a hole through it. Um, Jake Jake impressed me tonight. I that I, I think that these guys are playing the right way. And they they have the confidence in themselves to know that they're they're just not gonna let it go like they did in years past. They're gonna they're gonna grind it out. Yeah, and and to your point about Jake, I actually I wasn't that impressed with Jake. I see your point. I thought he was in he got in the dirty zones when he needed to be in the dirty fit. Like you were saying, he got in the face of Carey Price. I didn't think he did. He had 17 minutes plus of ice time. I, like I guess it. I guess you could say. Not seeing his name or hearing his name is a good thing, but for a guy that's a forward, not a defenseman, I I needed a little bit more out of Voracek. But it, well, it, but maybe it's because he was a third liner tonight. Yes. That was that, I was going to make that point. He was on the third line tonight. When you're in the third line, while well, he's got that offensive upside, and he's going to get better matchups, you you still need to play a checking role. You, yeah. you can't just go out and be flashy like that. Like he, you know, play his style. If you it is insane good. that Jake Voracek and and JVR rounding out the bottom six in a in a, in a Flyers uh, team when like. Just last year, they would have been always on the top six lines, yeah. uh, whatever whatever role they're going to be doing, whether on the top, whether on the uh, on the second line or first line, doesn't matter. But the fact that AV has the ability to say, "I'm going to put you guys on the third and fourth lines uh, in some capacity for at least a little bit." Obviously, we saw him shake it up in the second and third periods because of how they were really starting to struggle against uh, a pushing and, and breaking out uh, Montreal team. That just goes to the depth again. We keep going back to that. But I think people really need to know that this team is the deepest they've probably been since 2004. Like, I don't think maybe 2008, 2009, but like 
2010 was very top heavy and it was led by a pronger team. This is this is a top to bottom pretty pretty solid top six. They're balanced in terms of uh, defensemen as well. Yeah, and they're balanced. They're balanced. They go back to 2010. Like they had Lucas Krychek and Oscar's Bartulis on their on their third pairing, and, and every time that they were on the ice, they were facing Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Quenville was putting it. In the, you weren't winning that series with with that matchup. The, uh, look, I. I don't see. I would even put the Flyers' third pairing out there. I mean, uh, tonight I believe it was um, who was the pairing tonight? It was uh, it was um, it was Provorov and Niskanen. Who Niskanen didn't have a great game tonight. No, he had a uh, rough was, game. Yeah, it was Myers, and I believe it was Braun, and it was Ghost. And who was who was the sixth defenseman tonight? I get it's it's blowing my mind. It was uh, actually. Oh, Sandheim. I think it was Sandheim yeah. and Myers, and then it was Braun and, Go- and Ghost. So, Ghost, yeah. Justin Braun played well tonight. I, I thought he played pretty well. I don't think he, he got caught a couple times, but he recovered really well. Yeah. Um, but going back, like you know, you're right. This is this is a deep team, but most importantly, they're balanced. There there isn't any real separation of talent because these guys have a lot of chemistry playing together, and you're going to need that in a series like this. Montreal's not that way. Montreal's has, you know, their their bottom six is meh. You know, you're talking about their, you know, outside of Shea Weber and Ben Sherrod, they have Jeff Petrie who can contribute offensively. But other than that, they're kind of meh. Like, I mean, you know, it's three of the guys you can barely pronounce their names. Like, you know, Xavier Wallet, you know, Mete, and then Brendan Kulak. Like, you know, you, you're not, that's nothing to write home about. Um, but... That's the, and again, that's the thing is that the Flyers have more balance than they do, and with that depth, that's these games are going to probably be more common than you think. I don't think we're going to see like a four-one win here anytime soon. Um, it's probably going to be tight throughout the whole way. I'm thinking probably three-two games, two-one. <laughs> At one point, we'll probably see a one-nothing because these goalies are going to do it again. So uh, that yeah, and that one that, that one nothing game might be the game that the Flyers lose because there's yeah. a better chance that Carey Price obviously posts a shutout than than Carter Hart not yeah. because of skill alone but because of just experience despite how well uh, Carter Hart looked like he might have that like wait till he gives up that first bad goal let's see how he reacts then like well, as we were talking about that and historically based does. on his se- season he based on his previous season and a half of as a regular season goalie he doesn't let the bad goals get to him for that long but in the playoffs it's a little bit different the t- the, the sticks the sticks get tighter the the pressure mounts as the t- t- clock ticks by so if you let up that one bad goal that one bad goal that uh Steve Mason let up from uh, from half ice that destroyed him for the rest of that series you knew it was over as soon as he let up that series well, for example played to the entire team because they had I yeah. think they were either tied or they had the lead at that point yep uh, here's here's the difference though with Carter Hart Carter Hart had an opportunity to get beat on a couple squeakers tonight. <laughs> wait, and he wait, didn't. I don't mean to stop you. Uh, do you have the post game uh, on in front of you right now? Uh, and I'm watching it's it fine. on the stream. They and- they just posted a banner of the Flyers defeat the Bruins first win in the round robin. How did no one delete that banner? Just delete that banner, guys. You don't need it anymore. That's that's. <laughs> I, Sorry, I, I just found that hilarious. That's, that's okay. I, I mean, look, everybody makes mistakes. It happens. It's, uh, you know, but hey, even there, they they just mentioned on the post game show that Jake was the uh, one of the stars tonight because he played so well. So I I I I, I agree. He didn't have do anything points wise, but he caused disruption. 
Yeah. Um, but going back to Carter Hart, with, with with Carter, he had it. He had they had a couple chances where he could have given up a soft goal there, especially with those in tight scramble plays. Like the, when the puck just kind of dribbles and, and squeaks, you kind of. It can kind of, you can kind of overplay it a little bit. Carey Price almost had that. He had it go behind the net, and he came back around in front, and he overplayed it where he had his leg up, and if someone didn't clear that, that puck was going in the net. So um, he, I don't think Carter's going to wind up overplaying it because he plays his technique and just makes sure that he's getting his pads down and he's sealing them to the ice. So um, I, I don't envision Carter doing that. If it, if he's going to get beat on one, it's going to be like, you know, probably like just like an off wing shot off the circle where he's a little out of position, kind of like Peter Morozik was today in double overtime. Uh, you just wanted an excuse to figure weave in Peter Morozik tonight, didn't you? Uh, did you see how I did. bad that goal was? That was bad. That, that was, was very bad. I literally, I, I caught the highlight of it and in at the side angle, I'm like, why is he sliding? Like literally. Okay. All he needed to do was put, Push and stand in position, and he could have reacted to it. But he slid. He, and he slid his way. And here's the thing about what's funny is that the, the gear he has. Okay, he's got the he's got the Vaughn V9 gear. That stuff, most of it has what's called quick slide on the inner on the inner pad. So it actually makes you slide across the, the crease a lot quicker. Um, I'm 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 old, fat, and slow, so that stuff helps me out a lot when I play. It's great. Uh, but when you're in that position, you don't need to do a butterfly slide across because he left half the net wide open for Patrice Bergeron. Yeah. He just, I've never seen that before. That was awful angling. But if, if well, before, Carolina loses that series, that, that's what's going to be a problem with them is their goaltending. Let's run down the, the rest of the, the series that has gone so far because obviously it's been very exciting. We had no idea even if the Flyers were going to play. Let's do a quick, because uh, uh, we'll talk to, uh, talk to our audience again. Uh, after the Friday afternoon game on on Saturday morning, Friday night, whenever we decide to post, um, how you feeling for game two? Where where's the head at? It's another home game technically, so they get last change, which another is obviously an advantage for the for why you uh, want quote unquote home ice, even though they're all in Toronto. Um, I imagine. I think. I think there was another scenario where if Carter Hart played a half decent game, like he got the win, he had some nice saves, but he let up a bad goal or two. I think. Uh, Vigneault had an idea to put Elliott in games like three or four, depending on how the scenario goes. I think he'll just now ride Carter Hart until he has to buck buck him for a little bit. I, if I would say this, if if for Vigneault, about any reason, well, all due respect to Brian Elliott, no yeah. issue with Brian Elliott. I don't care if you're up three nothing in the series. You don't start Brian Elliott. You yeah, ride this kid. Give him the experience. Let him feel. Let him experience it. He is your starter. He is your future. Carter Hart will be here for the duration of his career, most likely. I would say probably close to a decade at least. You're not getting rid of him anytime soon. Let him experience it because if you're going to win a Stanley Cup, he needs to play every damn game. Agreed. I, I, I would be curious if Vigneault would want to start uh, Elliott and if they're up 3 nothing in the station because, look, it, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility well, it would likely not happen. It's not another round of possibility. You give someone a glimmer of light, and they might run with it. We've <laughs> seen that. We've experienced that. It happened a decade ago. No chance in hell am I going to give Montreal a backup goaltender if they're up three nothing. If the Flyers are up three nothing in a series or whatever. So yeah, I agree. I think I, I think it's just part of my my mind the historical 
past of AV leaning on the veteran guys, but I also think he knows what he has in, in Carter Hart, so he's going to ride him until he absolutely has to get him off the ice. I don't think as a if, – look, I, if I'm if I'm running that bench, look, the way the kid played tonight, I'm not making a damn move in there. I'm just making some lineup changes but, to be able to push the pace a little more. By the way, they just showed Carter Hart and Ivan Provorov in the postgame Zoom meeting or whatever whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, I uh, now. And do you see the quote by NBC? Whoever's the producer right now – Amazing quote. They said, don't meet your heroes. They were wrong. A nod to Carter Hart meeting his hero, Carey Price, in the playoffs. Like, that's funny. They, Dude, that's great. You got to think the kid's I motivated. That. I mean, like, I, like oh, I he's 100% motivated. Week. You got to think, look, to Carter Hart, he wants to beat his idol. Like, if, I, if I'm a competitive, you know, I'm a competitive person. If, if I can even have a shroud of the competitiveness that this kid has, he wants to beat Carey Price. And he wants to have that de facto passing of the torch to be like, you know what? The best goalie in the game, I want to be that. I got to beat him first. Yep. So I bet you that 10 to 1, that, that's what he's got to do. And there's one knock on Carey Price that is probably going to stay with him for most of his career. He's never he's never won a cup. Yeah, Carey Price has not come up in big games in the playoffs. He's given up some back-breaking goals. Let's go back to 2011, Game 7 against Boston. Nathan Horton wide open on the circle. He kind of flings his arm at it, okay? The year before, he couldn't beat out Yaroslav Halak. Uh, 2012, I can't remember 2012, but let's go back to 2015 against um, uh, against Tampa, where Tampa that season, Tampa went to the final. Point one second left, he gives up a goal to Tyler Johnson. Like, you know, and that twisted the whole entire series. Um Price has given up the backbreaker a lot of times. Now, I'm sure he's motivated. He knows he's probably running out of time to do it. Same with Shea Weber and all them. But look, I mean, motivation can only take you so far. You got to have the talent to do it. And I think with the Flyers' talent, that roster's deep enough where I I think that, you know, Montreal, I wouldn't say doesn't stand a chance, but I just, I, I would be very, very surprised if Montreal would come back in this series if the Flyers get a stranglehold on it. So, Back to the before we got on that tangent. Um, yeah, we game always two. seem to do yeah, we that, do. don't we? Game two. How are you feeling for game two? I think the Flyers win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I think I think yeah, they'll. Thanks, thanks for that. Thanks. No, I think I think they'll continue to take advantage of this the last change because I think you saw that a little bit tonight uh, in in getting the pairings that they wanted, especially to go up against Shea Weber. Whatever you can do against to go up against Shea Weber, uh, and and, I, and as long as Ivan Provorov continues to dominate and be the number one guy, thought he had a great game. Like we talked about, Niskanen had a rough game, but he was carried. It, it was. It was it was noticeable, but it wasn't as impactful because of how good Ivan Provorov continues to be. So as long as as long as these guys are getting the pairings that they need, uh, the the game two is going to the Flyers. Agreed, agreed. I think the Flyers will come out. They'll make adjustments from this game and know what they did wrong and learn from it. Montreal is going to make adjustments and try to figure out how to recapture that magic for the second period. Yep, uh, they're going to come out a little more desperate, uh, but I think that the Flyers are going to be prepared for it. I, I think that. This is a series where they need to get up and they need to get up early and need to try to get Montreal deflated as quickly as possible. And and that's that's important. Don't let and, them hang around. And it's the first game on Friday in, in Toronto. It's a 3 p.m. puck drop, barring anything that may push back, once again, the Carolina Bruins game that's on that Thursday night for Game 2. 
Um, I think that played a serious factor too of how poor the ice got about like halfway through the second period yep. because of all the the hockey that's been played. You had to just you just had a five overtime, you had a seven overtime, so you had an extra seven periods of hockey on the ice before even the Flyers had a chance to play on it and. I thought the ice was pretty good in the first period, and then as we were going back and forth in, our, in on text message, like they, it got really rough at the end there. And I think that's why yeah. you also saw a lack of scoring. There, like yeah. despite three goals scored in, in tonight in game two, game one, excuse me, uh, there was plenty of chances. And as you talked about the ridiculous save by 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 uh, by Price, but even again, like there should have been, I would say there should have been at least one or two tying goals on the Canadian side that went the other way because of how poor the ice was, but not just because of how Carter Hart's saving ability. Yeah, well, I mean, think of it this way. The puck started bouncing a lot during the second period. I noticed that. The puck was bouncing a lot. What happens is that because it's it's not because of so much... The hockey playing on it does have a factor, but the ice is also getting bad because it's warm outside. Yeah, it's, and, we're talking about August. We're used to this. Yeah. In, at this point, we're still in May. Maybe even right. late April because for the quarterfinals. Right, and it stays cool enough for it to, to do that. So the humidity acts up, and that causes the ice to get a little choppy. It doesn't freeze as well. You're pushing a lot harder. It gets a little bumpy. Um, it, you know That's why the puck bounces around a lot. It's not really a smooth surface. As, you know, and uh, I, you know that's that plays a factor in it. I mean, look at Jesperi Kakanyemi. They had a 2-0-0, basically, and he fell down. Like, yeah, no, straight up fell. Nowhere. He just he, he tripped on the circle. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> because he's that, like people will make fun of him on Twitter and say, "Oh, he can't skate." Like that's not skating. That's cuz he yeah. caught an edge cuz the ice is rough. Right. Yeah, it, it it's all roughed up. It's beat up. It's tough and, you know, it, those goalies creases, they get really beat up too. So I mean, you know, it's it's tough like, you know, towards the end of the games to be able to kind of push him in like they'll just kind of stop and die. So yeah. um, you know, it's that played a factor. Um, but I, I think that with the games coming up over the next day and the games that are played on yesterday, yes, they'll play a factor in it, but I think that you know the teams are going to have to prepare for that. They're going to have yep. to adjust based upon the ice. It's almost playing Madison Square Garden in the middle of winter. That's the worst ice surface in, in the league, and they're going to have to go back to playing a style like they do on that ice. Yep. Well, uh, before we wrap here, besides five and two overtime games uh, that we've seen, anything else stand out to you before the, outside the uh, in the other series? Uh, yeah, I mean, go back to yesterday's five overtime matchup. That was thirty four seconds from reaching Keith Primo's uh, goal time. Yeah, thirty four seconds. That game did not just didn't want to end. Um, John Tortorella was mad after that because there should have been a call, a penalty shot maybe by Cam Atkinson in overtime there. Victor Hedman um, pretty much tripped him up, and it should have been a call there. Uh, Jonas Corposalo, 85 saves, and you still lose. Like, Yeah, he's got to be sick insane. to his stomach. I mean, but you know what? You do, and I give, and this is why I think John Tortorella probably might win the Jack Adams, is that he just told his team, all right, move on, that's it. It's only one game. You played three games almost, and it took almost three games for them to get one win. So if you ask me, even though Tampa won and they got out of it, you got to think in the back of their minds, it took us five overtimes to beat this team again. Yeah, we finally got one, but it took five overtimes for them to get one. So I think the Jackets have momentum here. Um, 
there it's going to be sloppy hockey tomorrow. They're going to be they're still going to be tired from this. So yeah, that's I mean, be sloppy I, hockey tomorrow. I know we talked about it uh, in in our round robin wrap up uh, with the Flyers being like the team that only really was the only team that really took it seriously. Boston looked good against Carolina, despite it taking two overtimes to beat them. I think Carolina's just a really really good hockey team uh, that is matched up really well against Boston. That's going to go yeah. seven, as we've talked about. Um, well, no, we talked about – no, now I think it's going to go seven. We talked about how Boston was going to struggle out of the gate here, and we thought Carolina was going to sweep. But it's good for Boston to finally realize, like, oh, yeah, this is this is what we're really playing for. And I think they're content with the four seed. I think that's also a factor. They were like, yeah, we want that last change, but at the same time – uh, we're all playing on the same ice, so we can we can handle this. Um, so it was. It, it seems like Tampa continues to, despite uh winning the game, like you were li- saying, they seem to be still in that like not take it seriously yet. And it's like, hey, this is we're in playoff time. This is not round robin anymore. You lose another game, two more games, and you're talking elimination already, obviously. And now it's stuck in your head. Yeah, I don't think that the five overtime loss is going to deflate. Uh, the Blue Jackets too much. I yep, think the exactly. physical effect is going to be more the issue for them at this point. Mentally, I think these guys are like, yeah, we're just going to move on from it. We, nothing we can do about it. We're just going to move on. We played, took five overtimes to get it. Um, I, I, Carolina and Boston, that's intriguing. David Pasternak scored today. Um, that's going to be intriguing if that line starts to, to tick up. That could be hurtful to Carolina because their goaltending is weak, as we talked about Priya Morazic's goal. Uh, look at the other series. Uh, the Golden Knights just, they let the Blackhawks hang around a bit and finally just took advantage. Corey Crawford didn't play that well. He seems to be really hot and cold. He's always kind of is, but Edmonton, they kind of outscored them. They're not going to be able to outscore the Golden Knights. I still think the Blackhawks have a chance for it, but it's really going to come down to uh, if Corey Crawford can be able to handle the load or not. Uh, the Flames and Stars, Cam Talbot gave up two bad goals back-to-back yesterday, and then the Flames were able to pull that out. Uh, that's um, so. I, I think that the Dallas might have a little bit of momentum there, but I think overall the Flames are going to be a better team. One-one um, right now between the Canucks and the Blues. That I'm looking forward to watching that one. Capitals had a two-nothing lead today, blew it against the Islanders, wound up losing four to two. And the Avalanche, they scored three goals in like a minute and a half in this in the third period, and wound up winning three nothing. And, uh, there was a reason we said that was the worst matchup this first round in the in the East and West. Like Avalanche are just too good, and and Phoenix is just so hot and cold. I don't think they're ready for this. I don't think they played poorly. Darcy Kemper played really well, but Darcy Kemper can have good games and he can have bad games. He's nothing to write home about. But I mean, literally in ninety seconds they were out of the game. It just it was bang bang bang, and it was just at that point too much to come back from. Yep. They didn't have a shot for almost ten minutes. Um, actually, 12 minutes going from the second to the third period. They didn't have a shot for 12 minutes, the Coyotes. So um, th- th- unless they start taking up that offense, you know, they, I believe they, they have Phil Kessel. They have, um, uh, they have, they have Taylor Hall. Uh, th- there's no reason that offense should be stalling like it does. But uh, I mean, if you ask me, Taylor, Stahl, uh, Taylor Hall's losing some stock, too. He hasn't looked good at all for the Coyotes. So, yeah. Um, that that's that'll be one to watch, but I think if any any series wraps up quickly, it would probably be that one because if the Avalanche turn it on, it's over. So you know they're they're extremely talented up front, and 
Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog didn't even score today. So uh, yep. there, there's a lot coming with that series. That's why I have them as my Western Conference team. Uh, like, I, I think the Avalanche yeah. are going to get hot. They got hot at the right time, just like the Flyers. Um, so we'll see. But back to our team. The Flyers are back. Th- or excuse me, Friday afternoon uh, at 3 p.m. So we'll be either posting our next episode Saturday morning or Friday night, depending on how uh, our schedule shake out and how we're able to successfully t- find a time to record and all that. So we appreciate you listening. Hey, one game down. On to the next one. That's as Scott was saying. You're down. You're you're up one. Now you now you're focused on going up two. That that's the next step here. And I, I Av certainly reiterating the same thing. Listen, I'm sure they got in the locker room. They they played their jam. Their 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 win song is this now. Oh, very nice. Whatever. So this you is. can jam out to it right now, and you can enjoy it, and they you can a- love it because the Flyers are up one nothing in the series, and it's fantastic. Uh. And now you're on the game too. Yeah. Exactly. It's time to go. Next man up. We're going to see a couple line changes here. Probably Ghost is out. Uh, Who is out today? Brunneman? Bunneman? Yeah. So he'll probably be back in the lineup. Um, Probably see Robert Haig, too. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I wouldn't play Ghost again. Yeah. No, I I think Ghost Ghost again. Ghost tried. I think he'll be back in if if they win game two. Like, I think he'll go back. Back and the forth. key to watch out for it, Niskanen's got to have a rebound game. Niskanen cannot; they cannot afford for Matt Niskanen to look bad. Yep, um, like that. Ivan Provorov made up for that tonight. Ivan Provorov showing why he was a top pick and he's turning into one of the best defensemen in the league. Uh, but he Niskanen's got to use that experience. I don't know if he just had an off night. Um, I, it just it just seemed like he was not there the entire night. So yeah, um, yeah. I think he's rebound cl- him for game two and and, and clear- I think they'll be good. Matt, just clear the clear the fog out of your head, and you'll be fine. That's all you got to do. Just clear yeah. it out. Maybe but, the, maybe the beard was getting in the way or the hair. Yeah, got to get a haircut or something along those lines. Provorov's never going to get a haircut. That's dude. For sure. That flow we talked about every week. That flow is just, it's just, it's just amazing. That's just great flow. It's That's like a Ron Duguay type deal. If anybody remembers Ron Duguay from the uh, from the Rangers, every time he would go down the ice, the Flyers fans would whistle. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end it. So that's going to do it for this episode, episode 41, the, uh, who's 41? Uh, oh, Andre Mazaros episode. How about Andrew Alberts? Ah, uh, Alberts too. That's a pretty big throwback. Sean Very nice. Sean Burke. And, uh, I guess it was also, uh, who was the goalie that we just had? Why am I blanking on his name? Not Anthony Stolarts. Stolarts, yeah. Uh, wish he ever yeah. worked out, but then we have Carter Hart, so it doesn't matter. Exactly. All right. That's going to do it. We appreciate listening. Oh, my God. I have to get up in three hours. This sucks. Good luck Why do I do that. this? Anyway, we thank you for listening. If you haven't already, give us a follow. Orange and Backcheck Podcast uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the good stuff. Orange and Backcheck. Back- Orange and backcheck at gmail.com to send us an email if you have any questions, thoughts, reactions to the podcast and the game one. One down, 15 to go. Thanks for listening. Let's go, Flyers! Oh, my nail's falling off my foot.